everyone, and welcome to We Universe. That's right. That's the show that you're listening to. We're the ones hosting it. My name is Steve Gutling. Hello. I'm Woody Siskowski with an important spam email update. Uh-oh. But, I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, very just important. prepare yourself. Uh, for those who are just tuning in by accident, if you just wandered in and just like, oh, what's this? Bloop, 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 oops, just, I dropped my phone. A podcast started playing. Yeah, if you're if you're a monkey <laughs> typing at a random internet search engine and somehow we came up, if you accidentally <laughs> typed in We Universe, which is equally likely to happen as anything. No, it's right? true. As science true. has proved. I mean, hey, if, if you are that monkey, um, eek, eek, ook, ook, we yeah. welcome you. Yeah, we welcome, welcome monkey your, listeners. Yeah. We, mel- we uh-huh. welcome our future overlords. Please share us with your friends. Uh, we are the show where uh, we're, we're playing every single Wii U game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing all of them in a randomly selected order. Mm-hmm. We're just picking games off of my shelf, and we're saying, hey, let's play these this week. And this <laughs> yep. week... Uh, the the wheel of fate has spun and it landed on the Amazing Spider Man and the Amazing Spider Man Two, both Spider Man, both Ama- Spider Man uh, games, even more amazinger, even more amazinger Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Two two movies based on, or two games based on movies, which we sort of sort of <laughs> two games with the two, same title as movies. Two of the few like uh, it's it's come up a little bit on this show because you know we've been playing a lot of the DreamWorks games which have all been uh, very bad. We've and been letting them wash over us. We have just just really soaking them in mm-hmm. and um, so but but it's it's worth noting that like while the Wii U is kind of clogged with some of these games these licensed titles were kind of on the way out like mm. after this pretty much we aren't getting any other like kind of knock off uh, movie tie-in superhero games like at all. And why why do you think that is? I well two reasons. One, I think uh they increasingly consumers just don't like these games okay. uh because you know they they crumped they they churn them out quickly so that they could be out by a certain release time. Oftentimes they're unfinished or sloppy or just not a high quality. And the second thing is that more and more uh developers are they're still making game tie-ins, but they're for mobile apps. Oh, sure, because it's so much cheaper. To so develop. much cheaper and easier, and they tend to be a little higher quality because they have a smaller production time, smaller staff, yeah, <laughs> and, and smaller expectations. And smaller expectations. So you're not getting into a big sloppy situation where it's just like, oh man, uh, the the this movie was great, but the game sucks. Or yeah. I guess it's just because like the you know movies kind of have a shelf life of when they're in the public consciousness. Yeah, um, and you want. <laughs> and so when that movie sort of fades, you're like, though the game kind of fades too. They're just like movies to only be in games only to be enjoyed for a month or two. Yeah. But like when am I gonna play the Planet Fifty One video game for the Wii? Never. Sure. Exactly. I mean, I mean well, I watch the movie daily, of course. <laughs> yes, of but course. <laughs> everyone's favorite movie, that one with a guy. You know. Sure. Um, yeah, so this one, these two are based ostensibly on the amazing Spider-Man movies. Now, these are two movies that came out in between the Sam Raimi Spider-Man and the current Marvel Spider-Man. Uh, so the Tom Holland Spider-Man. The Tom Holland, like the MCU ones. It's uh, yeah, it's, I, I feel like more people know them by their uh, actor, by their Peter Parkers, than by exactly. their directors. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the Garfield one. This is the Spider-Man oh, man. who just hates Mondays. Yeah. Hates Damn them. it, Steve! Hates them. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, before we get into this, Steve, uh, yeah. I want to talk about something unrelated. Oh, please. Uh, Always welcome unrelated. Yeah, uh, we're just, I feel like we're going to burn it. Burn through our, our conversation here, Spider-Man related. Yeah. Um, but like, needless to say, sometimes our personal life kind of slows down, and we find ourselves checking our spam filter to uh, to pass the time. Sure. As see we what do. sort of thrilling emails. And it also should go without saying, I'm kind of a big mover and shaker in the spam world. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of these big spammers sort of put me as a high priority target because I got he's a, a lot. He's of, a big wheel down at the yeah, spam factory. I got yeah. a lot of uh, disposable income in ways that my body and uh, mental health needs improving. Sure. And sure. so this, this particular and, one. And they just know that. They yeah, just know, they just know it. You. I mean, that's the power of the algorithm. Um, this particular one caught my eye and oh, certainly sure. got me to click on it. Former Nazi doc gets this guy a 15 question mark, question mark, question mark. Monster Johnson. Well, so, whoa. Okay, there's so much to parse here. Mm-hmm. Is there more to this? Uh, okay. Well, that is the big headline. That is the that's, subject line. Okay, of this so email. that's the big thing. That's the, that's the opener. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to tell you this, but the member elongation, elongation, they spelled elongation with oh, a Oh, well, as you do. Yep. Was right there all the time. This guy shoots movies for the adult industry, and the things we saw will knock your socks off. No, yeah, they're not allowed to wear socks yeah, in adult no, movies. Yeah, that's true. No accidentally found the elongation secret the adult stars are using. Yes, 
Was that an E long or an A long? That's another A long. Okay, that's another A long. All right. Um, all the Is there stars, an oolong in there? All I of could... them. It all happened in Germany at this former Nazi clinic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. When a crazy guy working for Hitler developed the formula <laughs> that's going to save all man. <laughs> and then there's a very disturbing video of an undressed man being kind of um, fondled by a woman in Nazi regalia, which I have not pl- play on that Don't video. Don't click on it. I have no, chosen not no. to. Um, but it's such a strange marketing push in terms of, okay, I'm interested in expanding my penis size, but I only want to do it via people who have tested the limits of society's morality. Like someone who is Well, long they're, they're past- Nazi fresh. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you want in all of your pharmaceuticals. Who has long past blown the rules of humanity. That that's the only person I want to entrust with my reproductive genital health. Yeah, yeah, they're and, the only ones who know, and there are so many former Nazi doctors around. Yeah, you know? who are a hundred years old. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it's a very strange email. That uh, uh, do you think that computers are just writing spam emails now? Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they just they're just like. Or maybe those monkeys uh, typing on typewriters who are listening to this show right now. Monkeys, hey, improve, we're shouting you out. Improve your spam game. Yeah. Well, we like, need more monkeys or more typewriters or yeah. more time. I forget how that equation. One goes. thing we don't need is more Nazi elongation secrets. No. So we've, there's plenty of those in the world. It was oof. just it was just very odd, and the world continues to be an unrelentingly baffling place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Sometimes That's... you just want to escape into a world. Where you have superpowers and maybe morality is clear, and maybe your uncle gets shot by your lack of responsibility. Yeah, and the only elongation that's happening is your webs shooting from your wrists. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you um, know that in some of those Spider-Man's movies, they use that as a metaphor for puberty? You know, you know, once it's or twice. It's always done very tastefully and subtly, but they really throw it in. Yeah, there. no way is it white fluid being flung all over the city. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, then Aunt May knocks on the door, and she's like, "What's going on in there, Peter? Nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. Don't, yeah. don't look at my sweaty hair palms. I yeah. guess. Yeah, he does get hairy palms in in the the Maguire or the Raimi movies. So you know that. Gross. I think that yeah, very, uh, very unsubtle. So yeah, uh, these two are based on movies. I watched both of these movies. Have you seen either of these? No, I've seen three Spider-Man movies. I've okay. seen the first Tobey Maguire one because yeah. as someone my age, you were legally obligated to see it. I think you were, yeah. Uh, you were you marched in at gunpoint. Yes. Yeah. They sent, otherwise, they sent you to a camp. <laughs> um, and then you had to watch the movie and then you were allowed to leave. Yeah. I will I will drop this imagery now. That's now. Um, <laughs> and then I saw the first Tom Holland one. Okay. Which was pretty fun. Yeah. And then I saw Spider-Verse, which is, you know, widely accepted as the greatest movie ever made. Very, pretty far up there. Yeah, yeah. it's it's phenomenal. I'm it, surprised you've not seen Spider-Man 2. That's That tends to be up there as well. Uh, yeah, kind of I, the... I feel like I could do a Spider-Man 2. I know that yeah. one is highly regarded. I, I'm, a fan of, I'm a fan of the Sandman. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That's oh, what, oh, he's uh, in three. He's in three. Oh, Spider-Man 2 is Doc Ock. Oh, I'm okay. Alfred Molina. Sick yeah. of Doc Ock. Oh, come on. He's got so many Ox. That's true. He's, he's, got, <laughs> he's got way more than you need. That's true. Um, yeah, so I, I rewatched these. I hadn't seen either of these movies since they were new. Mm-hmm. And I think they've kind of developed sort of a toxic reputation, which, you know, I, I don't think is necessarily fair, but they do. These are definitely like third tier. If I'm ranking the, the well, I guess there's four different Spider-Men now. There's too many different Spider-Men. There's too many Spider-Men. Um, that's but that, yeah, that's so the name of the new movie that's going to come out. The sequel to Spider-Verse is just called Too Many Spider-Men. Too Many Spider-Men, yeah. I think also that was a... Wasn't that a BoJack Horseman thing? No, it was a. Um, it was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, he, he was auditioning yeah. for the Broadway show called Too Many Spider-Men. Okay. And they, they all kept <laughs> so, falling off of stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I feel like these, <laughs> these movies came out... I mean, we're still... You know, superhero mania has never really stopped for the past no, no, 15 but, years, but... These came out at, I don't know, a height of superhero mania, and we're just kind of like... One of the waves, yeah. 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 Same year as Avengers. Yeah, yeah, same year as Avengers. There you go. And they were just kind of tooted out and don't really have any lasting legacy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Some of these just kind of like came and went. 
Uh, a little backstory on these movies, because these were kind of like widely talked about for, you know, a little Couple while. days, a <laughs> yeah. few hours. They he, were they were real in the zeitgeist. It was under a lot of scrutiny. So they, Sam, were, they were trending on Twitter for a day or two. Yeah, exactly. Which we all remember forever. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies were, of course, all massive, massive blockbusters. But uh, and for the most part, pretty beloved. But Spider-Man 3, which you know was the highest grossing movie of 2007, people still showed up to it. Uh, it was not well liked by critics, fans, or apparently any of the people involved making it. Okay. Uh, Tobey Maguire had some really bad back injuries during the movie, so he was pretty miserable. And Sam Raimi was pretty burned out by the series. He wanted to do some other stuff, like that great Oz movie he did that we all remember. Is that a one with James Franco? That's the one. Oh. Yeah, he did that movie. Uh, still, Columbia Pictures wanted to go ahead with a fourth edition of their Cash Cow, and so they slated a 2011 release for part four. Raimi and Maguire were both working on it at the time. But before long, it became clear they needed a new direction. Uh, both the director and the star decided to leave the project, and Columbia thought this was a good idea to start fresh with a whole new cast and creative direction. And so they hired on Mark Webb, a perfect name for a guy who <laughs> yeah. directed Spider-Man. Perfect name. Uh, he was fresh off the success of 500 Days of Summer, uh, and he was going to direct the movie. Uh, and after a long search... For a new Peter, they looked at Pete, different actors, Anton Yelchin, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Josh Hutcherson, Alden Ehrenreich. Would, Lots of guys with too many uh, syllables yeah, in the Boy, names. Alden Ehrenreich has... I feel like, you know, despite from the fact that nobody likes Solo... No. Like, I feel like his career is really hampered by the fact he has this unrememberable name. It's like, a very hard to pronounce It's simultaneously name. memorable, but... Because it's so odd, but, like, every time you bring it up, you're just like, the dude who was in Solo, and, yeah. like... How can you, you, you have no SEO. Yeah, that. yeah, that's a rough one. Like, you know, Schwarzenegger had to really push past it, but he was mm. also a more... No, no, but that name sticks more in your head than it's, Eric. Yeah, I've already forgotten it, and you said it, it 30 and, seconds ago. Well, and it also didn't help that he kind of was coming around with the same at the same time as a guy named Ansel Elgort. They yeah. have the same initials. They both are the same age. They compete for the same roles. And they look pretty similar. And both their careers are over at this point. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope Alden Ehrenreich bounces back. I, I really like him in Hail Caesar. Yeah. He's great no, he's in that great. movie. That's a great movie. Uh, of this cast, I think Anton Yelchin would have been the best of these. It's sure, but then we would have had more reasons to be sad about it. That's true. That's How true. come Joseph Gordon-Levitt was never Peter Parker? Like, that's he was, his, uh, was he, he too was, old? No, he was in Batman at the time. Oh, uh, he sure. Was, he was being set up as the new Robin, and then that never happened. Yeah, but Yeah, no I think, really the, I think he did audition for... Spider-Man on one of these, but not, not on okay. this one. Anyway, they ended up finally casting Andrew Garfield, who was a British actor fresh off his acclaimed turn in The Social Network. Uh, so the big complaint about the film when it came out was that this felt like too soon to be rebooting this character. You know, right. the last movie, this came out in 2012. The last movie was five years previous. These were all massive, like, huge cultural hits. Uh, so we, we have a pretty good idea of Spider-Man's origin story. And then they right. announced, like, all right, we're starting over. We're doing the origin story again. And I think all subsequent movies have learned from this. Yes. So now, like, when we got Spider-Man in the Tom Holland version, he just pops up. And we, we, don't, we don't bother. We don't go into it. We don't meet Uncle Ben at any point. This might be the most meaningfully meaningful improvement to the superhero genre is the idea that they no longer have to show us the origin story. No. Because, boy... Did we get sick of Batman's parents getting shot? I don't need to like, see uh, Martha losing her pearls ever again. Right. Like, I don't need to see it. It's it's happened too many times. I'm done. Um, so, yeah. So, I rewatched this first movie, The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, like I said, it came out in July of 20, 2012. Is, what's the what's I liked the this movie when I saw it. Yeah. Tobey Maguire one called? That's just called Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah, just just plain old spider That Those are one, two, three. Yeah. Um, so the amazing Spider-Man, yeah, it's been a while. I saw it in theaters, uh, like first week it came out and I haven't did. seen it since. You're a big dork. I'm a big old dork. Um, so I, I really like Andrew Garfield as an actor. Okay. I do. I think he's, he's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of charisma and I don't know that he's the right take for Peter Parker though, because okay. the, here's the thing, like. Peter Parker is a dweebus. Yes. Like, that's the... He's like, the, he's like you. He's, he's, he's me. He's exactly like... He's unlike you, who's yeah. like too cool for school. Yeah, he's a big exactly. old dweebus. Well-known cool guy. That's why they send me all this spam. <laughs> Can you take the sunglasses off inside? Oh, come right. on, come Sorry. on. <laughs> for the listeners, he just mimed taking sunglasses off. No one's seeing this but yeah. me, but I appreciate it. Thank what about you. this spiked collar? Can I take that off, too? No, you leave that okay. on. Okay. 
<laughs> no, but like uh, Peter Parker, he is kind of that aspirational figure in a lot of ways for nerds because he is like this scrawny little Poindexter who suddenly becomes super pa- powerful and super fast right. and strong. But he still struggles with the Poindexter dilemmas in his everyday life. Uh, sh- uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so you take Tobey Maguire's character, which is just a straight up kind of wet blanket nerd boy. And then Tom Holland's perception after this is like earnestness and sweetness and clumsiness, yeah. you know? Andrew Garfield's take on this character is like he's the coolest fucking kid in school. Mm. Like he's cool before he's Spider Man. He's cool after Spider. If he'd never gotten bit by a spider, he'd still end up a superhero. That's how fucking cool this guy. He skateboards through the hallways. He's like kind of rebellious, but his teachers still like him. You know, he's got a quip and a one liner for everybody. He intervenes on fights. You know, he he's like Mm. a cool dude. Okay, so you're not. You're not getting that transformational thing. You're not getting that uh, that underdog hero like kind of coming up right. from nothing. He, he's he feels more almost more like the person likely to push you against the locker, right? Instead of the guy getting pushed against the locker. Exactly, exactly. They give that out uh, every year at the yearbook. Most likely to get pushed against the locker. <laughs> I, did, that, I got that. I, one. I also got that. Yeah, one. yeah, it's, yeah. It's a bad yeah. feeling. No, it's not <laughs> a great feeling. Not great. Um, so the I, I feel like in general this movie. It's pretty indifferent to all of the Spider-Man stuff. I think this is Mark Webb's experience coming in. You know, 500 Days of Summer is just all about young people and emotions and mm-hmm. love and feelings. And I think that element of this movie, they get right. Okay. Um, Emma, uh... Emma Stone plays Gwen Stacy okay. in this. And she and Garfield were dating in, in real life at the time. And, like, they they really, really have some great chemistry in both of these movies. Like, genuinely, that's the thing that so works best. Mary Jane not in this movie at all? Not mentioned at all. Oh. No Mary Jane. Um, so, like, that's kind of the best thing that this movie has going for it, even though a- anytime, like, Spider-Man-y stuff interve- interferes with their relationship-y stuff, I'm like, oh, great, this again. Oh, because it's just not very well integrated or... No, and it's not... None of it's bad. Like, the villain here is the lizard uh, who he's kind of... The lizard is a super boring villain. He's a pretty boring villain. Yeah, like, I get where he fits in kind of the canon of sort of... He's uncontrolled. Like, he's kind of got, like, a uh, Jekyll and Hyde type of vibe going. For sure. But, like... And he can regenerate limbs, which is cool. Yeah, but, like, in terms of his power set, like, it it feels pretty lame. Like, oh, he's got a spiky tail, and he's got some claws. Yeah, he's just a big lizard monster. In this one, he wants to uh, unleash a lizard gas on New York City and turn everybody into lizards. Okay. Um, Which is, okay, whatever. Um, sure. Da- David Icke uh, would say that we're already there. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so, like, I-, I think the movie's generally pretty solid. It's, like, it's swift, it's entertaining, it's got some strong performances. Um, I mean, I think that it... I didn't see this movie, and I feel like I can't be alone in this in the question of, like, why? Why why see this movie? That's that- the big <laughs> problem. <laughs> and, like, even watching it and saying, like, yeah, this was fine, I also couldn't say, like run out and see this if you haven't seen it like it's not going to tell you anything you don't know about the character all of the continuity that they're setting up in these two movies is gone right there's no reason to get invested in the story so it's just kind of like a a compare and contrast thing this one ends on a weird icky note too okay so uh dennis leary plays gwen stacy's father who's like a police captain and he gets killed by the lizard you know like in a fight that uh, spider-man barely saves him and uh um so the the captain's last wishes is for Peter to leave Gwen Stacy alone. Like just leave her alone. Oh. She's it's too dangerous. You're going to get her killed. Just please like do this one thing. Yeah, leave yeah. my daughter alone. And so you get to the end of the movie and it's like he's trying to do the thing. It's like no, no, I can't. I can't. I have to be, you know, I have to adhere to my promise. And so it puts Peter in that uncomfortable situation where it's like i mean we've all been there we've all well, but i mean we've from all a, dated yeah. and in the situation where the father is dying his dying wish is leave my daughter alone sure and you're like oh i really want to score but also like i have to listen to the dying wish of the father you know it's and, the cool thing to do yeah. that that's that's kind of the dilemma it sets up it's like either peter sticks to uh the dead man's wishes in which case we lose the thing that's working best in this entire series mm-hmm. or he just becomes a guy who cavalierly ignores the wishes of a dead man. Like yeah. they try and navigate around it by Gwen coming forward, just saying like, no, he doesn't get to make that claim. Neither sure. of you do. I get to decide if you're in my life, which is the right way to approach yeah. it. Yeah. But I feel like it puts Peter in the position. The last line in the movie is like, 
okay, he comes to school late. Uh, the teacher says, oh, oh you, you better be on time next time. He's like, I will, I promise. She's like, yeah, well, some promises uh, are, are something like, uh, that's not a promise that you can keep. And then he whispers to Gwen, he's like, yeah, those ones are the most fun. And I'm like, are we, we're being, we're being cavalier about that, about you breaking a dead man's wish. That's how <laughs> sure. we're going to, yeah, that's yeah. how we're going to navigate this tricky situation you set up. He's going to make a one liner and then hard cut end of movie. Yeah. Um, I see. So it made him seem like kind of a creep. Um, well, all right. I'm going to save my, my feelings on the second movie for the second game. Let's all talk right. about this first game. Well, today. So, so yeah, what you described of like a movie that kind of performs better, not as an action movie, but like, as kind of a teen romance or right. coming of age thing um, is not necessarily conducive to video gaming. Not necessarily. I, I don't know. No. Have there been any like great coming of age games um, where you like, you know, you get your first pubes or something through level <laughs> one and then like your voice <laughs> deepens in level two. Pube combo. Let's invent that game. Uh, yeah, so yeah, a little difficult to adapt uh, this formula so of Spider-Man. So they took the idea of just ignoring it. Just They just ignore it. So The Amazing Spider-Man was released March 6, 2013, developed by Beanox and published by Activision, and it was also released on PS3, <laughs> 360, Windows, 3DS, Wii, DS, Android, iOS, Windows Phone, and PS Vita. It's on one of those, uh, one of those years where everything's transitioning, yes. so it's going to be on everything. Uh, Beanox uh, is a Canadian developer. They were founded in 2000. They got their start with an obscure RPG called Pillars of Garandel. Ah. I feel like half of the companies that we talk about got their start with games called Pillars of Garandel. Yes, I agree. And like Pillars are just, I mean, fittingly, Pillars are really just a foundation of generic fantasy. It's, it's true. all built on Pillars. Nosgoth, yeah. yeah Nosgoth got a bunch of them. Or Pillars of the Earth. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but verse. they they were uh, purchased by Activision in 2005 and immediately put on the most high profile and important game that they had, which was the PS2 port of the B movie game. Oh, sure, uh, is it called the B movie? It's called the B movie game. Awesome. Everyone's favorite. Um, but it did start. Yeah, it started their long partnership with Activision. Uh, before long, they were put B Nox on Guitar Hero Smash Hits, which is a significantly higher profile title. Yep. Um, is that one just kind of a compilation, or is that a proper sequel? It, no, it is a compilation. I believe it came out like maybe between four and five. Got it. it. I kind of had. A, I never got that game, but I always thought it seemed cool because there were so many advancements in sort of the way Guitar Hero played. Like it was much smoother. Yeah. But then, if you actually wanted to play those older songs, you had to go to the more dated like first game. So oh yeah. It sort of ported the like you really want to play like Cowboys from Hell. Sure. And you do it in Smash Hits. Nice. Nice. Uh, Beanox first took over the Spider-Man license with the well-received Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which was followed the following year by The Edge of Time. Uh, and they would stick with the character throughout the rest of Activision's ownership of the license, which ended with the second game we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2010, uh, Beanox uh, collaborated with Vicarious Visions on their biggest hit to date, which is Skylanders, uh, oh, which sure. we, we will discuss in a later that, that episode. That is a whole can of plastic toys it sure is it sure is i only have two of them i'm stopping there yes because i don't even like those figures and like i don't know what these characters are you look dumb yes uh so beanox has also worked on call of duty games and they've they've just been working steadily ever since we've encountered them on two of our patreon shows because they developed quantum of solace for our bond series Mm -hmm. and tony hawk's pro skater one and two for our tony hawk's series so yeah the reboot the recent reboot oh sure yeah yeah sure Those, those are those are fun games those are good ones all right, so for uh, those who remember, yeah, I mean, I, we've talked a little bit about how much licensed games have died out, but I encourage you, look up video game-based movies, find the Wikipedia article that lists all of them, and then go in reverse chronological order and just see how much it taps out. I don't think there's been a proper movie-based game since 2017. For a console. For a console, yeah. yeah uh, otherwise, it's all been going straight to mobile apps, and it just like petered out consistently after these games that we're talking about today. And Marvel was kind of leading the charge with that because... They did a game based on Iron Man. They did mm-hmm. one based on Incredible Hulk. And then I think they did Iron Man 2. And then they just stopped making games okay. uh, that were based on their movies at all. Um, and then it just became like an independent license. Well, I, it's always tricky, like, since the superhero movies, like, used to be kind of a event when a new superhero movie would come out. Yeah. And it would be like, okay, when the next Spider-Man movie is out. And now you're just guaranteed you're going to get, okay, there's going to be at least five superhero movies every year. So to sell that idea, like, okay, now there's going to be five 
games based on each of those movies, yeah, it it it's, makes it a lot less interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, yeah, exactly. And but I mean, it, we went from twenty to thirty of these things a year, right. To like nothing. Well, I mean, and this is I'm going to talk about this other game a lot. I do think there's an important distinction here because we've talked about Spider-Man games before. Yeah, when yeah. We, we talked about N64. the, the Nintendo 64 one, which was, I would say, the first. Not the first Spider-Man game, but, like, the first one that felt like a Spider-Man game. In, yeah. In terms of, like, being a pretty impressive integration into 3D. Um, yeah, yeah, and that felt... I mean, I think Spider-Man prior to that was pretty much just beat-em-ups, like, almost exclusively, like, yeah, side-scrolling couple, beat-em-ups. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. Definitely, I definitely played the animated series one a decent amount. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, not that that game's great. Uh, Maximum but, Carnage, all those games. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, but I think the big change between that and recording now is there's been a game that has come out since then, because we spoke about it yeah. in that first episode yeah. of, oh, how is the Insomniac spider-man game gonna be yeah and now that game has come out that game is kind of i mean it's old at this point like, yeah what is that, it's three like th- years three old years old at least? i mean it shows you how long we've been doing this podcast yeah, yeah and that game i mean that game is spider like that's the spider-man game it is right? yeah it's, it's the well it, it's interesting too because after these two games we're talking about today like the activision license expired and Prior to this, it's like Spider-Man is kind of a character for rent. You know, he goes into all these sort of low rent sort of games. And now he's become like a triple A video game character. Yeah. Like kind of overnight. That's pretty much what he is. Sony owns the license exclusively. There's no more uh, no more Spider-Man games on any other console but Sony consoles. Okay. And so it's become like a very highly protected thing. And like there will be a sequel to that game. I mean, yeah. I guess there kind of was in Miles Morales. That was like a halfway. It's thing. like a halfway sequel. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's just. I mean, that's the way they should be doing superhero games. It's not based on movies, but just like every five years, it's this new big superhero game yeah. based on based on the character. Yeah, exactly. They tried to do that with the Avengers game. There's going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy one later this year. Like, we'll see how those work out. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, I mean, it's important to bring up the Insomniac game here, too, because the games we're talking about today are kind of... There's a direct line yeah. between both of them. Like, it's weird how similarly... They play like this one coming uh, six, five years before so the Insomniac. Have you played one? either of these games at all? No, I never had. I, I booted them up for the first time when you came over. So, so that's that's really the weird thing is like when you play lots of games in a franchise, even though these are by different developers, you realize how much each game is just iterative onto the next. It's yeah. so rare that you get like a Mario 64 situation where it's just like built from the ground up, like, totally new and fresh and impressive. Like, even that... Because when that Insomniac game came out, people were like, this is amazing. This is so good. And, like, the control and flying, you know, swinging around this open world. And it's like, hey, five years ago, games came out that were basically the same thing. That's the crazy thing. Like, the the Spider-Man formula, as we know, as we kind of know it now, was pretty much locked in by the first Spider-Man movie game, maybe the second one. Like, that that was kind of the more critically acclaimed one. Yeah, like, that's when it kind of locked it in. Like, Spider-Man games are going to be swinging around in open-world Manhattan, solving crimes, and then you do missions to advance the story when you want. You get web powers, you get meet all your rogues gallery. It kind of established the template, and the Insomniac game just sort of refined it to, like, a really beautiful experience. Like, they just kind of found the best possible way to implement these ideas. But a lot of the stuff that we've come to know is rooted right here. Mm -hmm. So, like, gameplay-wise, like, this is the first Spider-Man game to sort of adapt the Arkham City Rocksteady fighting mechanics mm-hmm. you know of a uh, very fluid he has action a gun and a horn right he has a gun and a horn exactly <laughs> he yeah. charges into you and he, <laughs> he allies with his pig friend bebop i i really this is apropos of nothing but i recently realized that uh rocksteady rhino bebop boar so if you ever need to keep those two uh, uh, it's good to have a mnemonic it's device. good to have a mnemonic yeah, device yeah, for when that. you get to that question on the sat yeah now remember that hasty thing. you're welcome yeah. monkey listening to our show <laughs> Um, so yeah, you swing around New York in this game. You and you have the your your simple fighting style, which is just kind of uh, which punch, is punching press X to win. It's or basically press Y to win. Press Y to win. Press X to dodge. To the dodges die. are always cool because you like slide between their legs or do some fancy animation. You can bring some of your web abilities into it, but not it's not super well integrated. The punching is going to work better for you. And I feel like what the Arkham Asylum games did. 
I mean, I don't feel like they were necessarily super innovative in their combat, like the ability to move from things to thing, like um, any new enemy in a very smooth, intuitive way is great. But I think the real appeal is they're like, we need to make this look awesome. Yeah. So like, even though you're only pressing one button in those games, like Batman is like bending around in a bunch of cool ways or jumping around his opponent. And you, you feel know, like, fucking rad. Yeah. Like, you're like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm like, so good at this yeah, game. Look at even, this. even though all you're doing is like pressing punch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this game does very much the same thing, just as the new Spider-Man Insomniac game. Like the Insomniac one has like a few more mechanics to the fighting. Like, yeah. I, I I think the fighting here looks really good and is like kind of fun, but I could also see it getting boring pretty fast. Well, the the problem that it has, yeah, like you said, the Insomniac game, uh, you get to use all your web powers, you get to grab environmental things or like swing people around, do stuff like that. Maybe more of that unlocks as you play this game later, but the mechanics are also just a little stiffer and a little hard to do. And I realized kind of the thing that that this game wasn't doing that the uh, Arkham games do so well is that when you get into a fight in Arkham, the camera kind of pulls out a little bit and it fixes itself in the corner and just kind of watches the fight from there. In this game, the camera's still pretty tight on you and you're like in the thick of the action, which means you're not seeing people coming up behind you. It just kind of looks like this chaotic mess of pixels. Yeah, and that, oh, that's going to be the name of my uh, new Game Boy-themed cover band. Oh, I like it. Yeah, chaotic, chaotic mess, mess of pixels. pixels. I like it. Um, but I think that the camera is a recurring struggle in this game. Yes. It is quite bad and feels quite glitchy, which is no fun, though, when you are trying to swing around the city and run across buildings and things like that. that yeah. Like, you, you know, Spider-Man is constantly clipping through buildings and occasionally you just get a little nauseous because the camera quite, can't quite follow him. In this game in particular, the camera is right up on your ass. So, like, Spider-Man is taken up fully half of the screen mm-hmm. at any given time. I mean, like, it it's looks a, good. It's, it's a, a good cool character. Costume. It's a good character model. Yeah, like, it looks good, but he's taken up so much of the screen and it's sort of fixed to your back in a way that, like, when you're swinging, you're getting a little nauseous. Mm-hmm. And plus, like, you can also see the seams in the graphics. Like, you'll see when he's running along a building, like, he's supposed to be running his hand along the wall, but it's just, like, jutting out into nothingness or it's clipping through the building. or And, you know, there's lots of pop-up. There's lots of, like, heavy uh, fog in the environment. So, like, it's kind of a shitty-looking game. It, uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I would say it, well. Okay, I'll say it's a shitty performing. Game. Okay, yes, it's a good I will looking go with that. game. If you just looked at the screenshot, you're like, wow. I mean, it doesn't look as good as the PS4 one, but you're like, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Once you sort of see it in action, and that those things are clipping in and out. So the story here is uh, kind of it's kind of set up as like almost a sequel to the movie, or like that's the weird thing to talk about too, because like this is this has all the accoutrement, it has the branding of of the movie, mm-hmm. and it was released at the same time as the movie, but it doesn't have any of the voice actors from the film, sure, uh, and it doesn't follow the plot at all. It's it, a totally who, different. Who's the villain in the first movie? It's the lizard, right? Yeah, we yeah, it's about just this. the lizard, and so here. You're sort of interspersial. 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 Frame story is that Peter Parker is talking to the lizard like a few days after this sort of cataclysmic event has occurred. And like this goop at Oz, this virus at Oscorp has infected a bunch of people that turns them into like human animal hybrids. Yeah. Um, So that's how we get like the rhino in this universe is a half man, half rhino, scorpion, half man, half scorpion, things like that. Yeah. And so he's like explaining what has happened and because he needs to elicit Kurt Connors help to try and fight this. Yeah. And then he kind of is telling the story of how he got there. So the first couple levels are like flashbacks and then you have to break Kurt Connors out of prison. And that is where I lost interest because these Spider-Man games, you don't want to be in like a prison. No. You don't want to be in like an office building. And a lot of these games stick you in that where they're like, okay, go open this vent or like use your uh, webs to shoot through the security system. Like, Yeah, Batman works in a hallway. Yes. Spider-Man and Superman do not. No, because yeah. it's so you have the power to essentially fly through the air and that what is what's so thrilling about it. And that yeah. is another reason that like the Insomniac game is so much better is yeah. that the they're just like, yes, we're going to make this the focal point of the game make most of the combat outside and things like that, because it really does slow down here Yeah, um, when you have to navigate these little hallways. Yeah, it's really pretty frustrating. Um, and, I mean, it's clear that they weren't really in communication with the makers of the film for any of this, because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's off continuity completely. Like, 
a lot of the stuff that they set up in this game is just completely ignored, both in the next game and in the next movie. Like, your main villain in this game is Alistair Smythe, who goes on to... He's the CEO of Oscorp in this one, and he'd go on to be the Spider Slayer. But in Amazing Spider-Man 2... He's played by B.J. Novak, and he's mm. uh, like a middle manager. Like okay. he, he's he's just kind of like an. It uh, seems like good casting. It's like a one scene character. Right. Yeah, it is. It is good casting for that for like a snooty uh, smart guy. But yeah, um, yeah but it, it's clear that they just weren't in communication with it about any of it. And there's a weird like plot point right at the beginning where like you meet Alistair Smythe, and he seems like pretty friendly guy sure and then like the next scene you're fighting this giant robot that he sent after you yeah they don't exp- like, did yeah we miss the turn where he became an evil maniacal guy yeah yeah so. apparently that that happened because he just immediately recognized oh this is Smythe's all right yeah uh the the cool gameplay feature that this one has is called web rush mode and that's basically you just tap the r button and it will just shoot you to a location like you'll have a little yellow outline of spider-man that'll tell you if you can go there you'll just zip over there or you can press and hold it and things will go in slow-mo and you can kind of time out your shot uh it's similar to the mechanic you have in the insomniac game again Mm -hmm. but it's down to a single button and Um, it's more like it's less free-flowing than that like in the insomniac one he'll kind of just jet himself forward yeah and here you have to have a target like a set area to zip to exactly yeah um so i mean this all yeah I, i had conflicted feelings about it because it's like I'm playing this game. I'm like, all right, yeah, this has all the bones of a game I genuinely love. Like the new, the new Spider-Man is fantastic, mm-hmm. and this this has some of those elements. It's just, it feels like a primitive like demo version of the game that it would be. I mean, like, in, in some it, ways, it kind like, of is. This is a very this game shares a very comparable place that the movie does. Yeah, in the sense that you're like. Yeah, it's pretty okay, but like, why would I play it when there's just a newer, better version that's, out there? That's dead on. That yeah. is dead on accurate. That's exactly what this is. This is the amazing, the amazing Spider Man is the amazing Spider Man of games. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so. exactly. Because you're like that. The, you know, the second boss, you're fighting this big robot, and like, it looks cool, and yeah. you're going around and doing like punching out like his different sensors and zipping around and dodging a big laser. Sure. But there's never quite a sense that you're in control the way that you get from the Insomniac game. Yeah. You're the controls are feel unnecessarily complicated. Yeah. Like it's like, okay, you're gonna press ZR to zip in the air, but just regular R to zip to a target. Um, and then you've got like different uh, buttons for your different web hands, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. So it, it it takes it takes a little getting used to. And then like I just never quite get used to the button layout on the Wii U gamepad. Yes, I just we never, I will. never quite get the order right. So I'm yeah, always pressing so the wrong button. There's so many just shitty like interface things about the Wii U. Yeah. Like the even just the the act of like going through the main system menu to boot up a game. Yeah. You're like, oh, you have to go to the right corner to switch this to Wii U. Menu. Right. And I'm like, oh, that was not intuitive. Yeah. And speaking of crappy menus, like, yeah. you get the Oscorp phone here. Yeah, you press the minus button in the gamepad, and then it just goes onto your touch screen, and you get the phone. But and that lets you sort of upgrade your abilities. But the TV just says pause this yeah. whole time. It's this game has. You know, we've complained before about how games don't make much effort to integrate the touchscreen, no. the gamepad. And this game does not make much effort to do that. And in the, and, but the times where it does make effort makes the game worse. Yeah, it's because true. you pull up this phone, and first we're like, well, that's just a pause screen. What, how are we supposed to do anything? And then you look down at the gamepad, you're like, oh, it's on here. Yeah. But then the actual navigating of the gamepad is super unresponsive as yeah. a touchscreen. You, you you had to get out the stylus and like poke at it. And it wasn't with, responding. With a decent amount of force. And I'm like, the world's strongest man. Yeah. Like people don't you, know. You have the proportionate strength of a spider. I do. Oh, I broke the desk again. <laughs> Damn it. I keep doing that. Yeah, so that that was a little bit of a bummer too. Yeah. And yeah. I don't understand why they didn't also just put the menu on the TV. Yeah, like, I don't know it's why. such an agree. It's just such like a shoe in of like, oh, we really need to integrate, be, make people look at the gamepad. Yeah, and it's the same with you get a uh, map on the gamepad while you're navigating around Manhattan. Yeah, so you're looking between two screens yeah, to navigate, and, again, and you and the camera's already wiggling around so much. Yeah, why don't they just have a mini map in the corner, which they probably do if you play this on PS3 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, the city, like, 
again, it is weird how much this game is like the Insomniac game, but the city is very dead. In both of these games... Nobody's on the street, yeah. Yeah, you can drop to the ground, there's some cars going around, but, like, there's no characters to interact with. And that's probably for the best, being how chunky this game runs with what it has. Oh, yeah, but I mean, loading the buildings. The slogan of New York City is, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Hey, hey. hey." There was nobody walking. Everyone was driving. Nobody was walking nowhere. Ah, terrible. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's move on to our next game. That is The Amazing Spider-Man 2 Twist. Uh, Released April 29th, 2014. Developed once again by Beanox and Activision. So how much later is this? This is two years. uh, Well, two years since the original game was released. The Wii U version came out a little later. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah. I guess it's worth noting for just because we do claim to be comprehensive. The Wii U version is claimed as the ultimate edition. It includes all the DLC is what Mm -hmm. that means. Yeah. So you get to play as Stan Lee for some of it. Good. Um, that's sure. just what I want. That's what you want. If there's anything that I always feel sad about about the Marvel universe, there's just not enough Stan Lee in it. Yeah, no, like, it's true. I, I just, I just wish Where he is was he? in more of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so this game marks the very last time a Spider-Man game was not exclusive to Sony platforms, uh, and unlike the last game, the Wii U shared a day and date release with the other versions, except for the Xbox One version, which was originally thought to be canceled. Instead, it was just pushed a few weeks and released as a digital-only title. So I don't know what happened there. Um, All right, so I want to talk a little bit about this movie because I had some kind of mealy-mouth defenses of the first movie uh, in this series, and I don't really have that same uh, uh, (laughs) argument for Amazing Spider-Man 2 while also stipulating it's not the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. What's the worst superhero movie I've ever seen? Oh, man, that's a good question. Maybe, well... Of the Marvel DC universe, well, okay, DC universe, Suicide Squad, definitely okay. original Suicide yeah, Squad, sure. uh, Marvel universe, Fantastic Four, the newest one, the okay. the Josh Trank one, and oh, then yeah. in general, just Kick Ass. Yeah, I yeah. think we both talked about that. We yeah. hate Kick Ass. Um, yeah. So, th- yeah, th- uh, this movie kind of the the fatal mistake that Spider Man Three made was they tried to cram too many villains in one movie, right? So you get Sandman, you get another Green Goblin, and you get Venom. All of them get like very, very small amounts of screen time as a result. Did so you take? Like, did you take the BuzzFeed quiz? Like, what Sinister Six member are you? No, is there one? I don't know, but there should be. There should be. Um, but what Sinister Six member do you think you are? I, th- I feel like I would want to. Well, be who are the six? It's Vulture, Doc Ock. I feel like Goblin. I want to be a Mysterio. I feel like Mysterio, Mysterio is the coolest one. Yeah, yeah. I think Craven the Hunter is one of them. Craven the Hunter yeah. would be fun. And yeah. then Shocker. Shocker's pretty. Shocker's like you don't want to be Shocker. Right? Shocker's always presented as kind of like a third tier. He's usually yeah. like down on his luck, and I mean yeah. he's got like the blandest of bland powers, right? He, he's just he, he wears a quilt and he shocks okay. people with gloves. Yeah. Here's here's the would you rather? Would you be sh- would you rather be Shocker or Vulture? Because like Ooh. Vulture's just like a weird old man with wings, right? But they recast him as Michael Keaton as like no, a weird, slightly good. younger man. You and know? he's got like a sweet jetpack in that. He does have a cool jetpack in that okay. one. Okay. So, so I, I mean, you know, I, I think it, my answer probably would be Mysterio, too, not okay. to be boring. But he was a special effects wizard. Yeah, he, he knows how awesome. to move. And he's got work. like a cool fishbowl head. He does have a cool fishbowl head. Uh, yeah, so they tried to cram all these villains into Spider-Man 3, and then Amazing Spider-Man seemed to correct that. It's like, let's pare it down. One villain, Lizard. Go yeah. fight that Lizard. Sure. You, you go get him. You go, <laughs> go, go get that Lizard. Go fight that Lizard. Come on. Go, go Come him, on. Buddy. Go Use your him. webs. <laughs> We're probably exciting all the dogs in this building <laughs> right now. Um, and this one immediately kind of backtracks on that. It's like, you know what we need? Three villains. Mm-hmm. Let's do the three villains again. Let's make one of them Green Goblin again. Uh-huh. Um, so in this one has, uh, they're, they were pitching Electro as the main villain. That's Jamie Foxx's character. But he's really not. It is more about the Green Goblin played by Dane DeHaan. This was from that brief period where we were really trying to make Dane DeHaan happen. And then everyone realizes they didn't like him. Yeah, they realize he, you know, and it seems he's like... He's got a very punchable face. He does, which should work for this part because he already has a goblin face. Kind of like <laughs> sure. why Willem Dafoe worked really well. He's got a goblin face yeah. already. Like, but he, William De- Willem Dafoe's very, like, charming and engaging. He so, is. And right. Dane DeHaan just seems kind of like... He he seems like he's bored and like he wants to yell at the manager. Okay. That's that's his vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's very bad. In this. <laughs> your, your smoothie place closed early. Yeah, and exactly. He, he needs to pop in and grab something real quick. So I, I think maybe like uh, people were complaining about the first movie having a little bit too dour of a tone mm-hmm. because you know that is not 
what you ever want in your Spider-Man. You no. don't want it to be dour ever. That's not his. He's the guy who 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 quips. You yes. know, he he quips as he thwips. That's what he does. He <laughs> yeah. he he put, put slings on, jokes like he slings webs. Put it on his epitaph. He quips he, as he fips. He does. So you know, uh, this movie tried to overcorrect. It tried to uh, make the Spider-Man stuff very comic booky and just deeply stupid. Okay. So like. I mean, you know, the first problem is one of your villains here is Paul Giamatti playing the Rhino. Okay, well, see, that doesn't have to be a it problem. It doesn't right? have to be a problem. It's a great idea on paper. Fresh from his star-making turn in Sideways. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he lobbied actively for this role because the Rhino was his favorite character since he was a kid, so he wanted okay. this part. I don't think he realized he was only going to be in the movie less than one minute. Okay. It is literally 30 seconds at the beginning, 30 seconds at the end. Uh, he's got this horrible Russian accent, and his only lines are the first line he yells out his name, and then the last line is he yells out, "I am the Rhino." Okay, those are his lines, and he he somehow manages to give a bad performance with that little screen time. Sure, sure. Uh, but that's pretty bad. Like that's a bad way to set your tone. And during this opening sequence with the uh, the Rhino causing chaos before he's the Rhino, like we meet Jamie Foxx's character, who is like I. This made me think of the monologue at the end of Kill Bill. You know how they said, like, uh, Clark Kent is, like, Superman's critique on humanity? Like, he's weak, he's cowardly, oh, he's like sure, that. sure, sure, sure. This feels like Jamie Foxx's critique on nerds. Like, okay. Jamie Foxx is like, you know, I'm a charismatic movie star slash uh, Grammy-winning artist. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know what a nerd is. And so well-known sexy man. So how should I play this? Well, let's give him a really bad comb-over. Uh, let's make him clumsy and let's give him an honest-to-God pocket protector. Okay. Like, not joking, he wears a pocket protector in this okay. movie. Okay, so I have a question for you. Yes. Which is, one, have you ever worn a pocket protector? No. And two, what the hell is a pocket protector? I know it's, that it's a go-to thing for nerds, yeah. but I don't actually know what one is it's, or have ever seen one in real life. It's an antiquated reference. So basically, if you see a bunch of pens sticking out of like the uh, a shirt pocket... Mm -hmm. It's got a little plastic sheath in there because back in the day, pens used to leak. Uh, I guess they still do, but okay. they used to leak more. So you have a little plastic sheath in there so that if your pens leak, then it's not going to get your shirt all inky. Okay. Um, but he's wearing a dark shirt in the scene anyway. He doesn't need that. Also, <laughs> well, he's got he's pen got, technology has caught up. He, he all his pens are just white out. Oh, so, there he yeah, is. Okay, he was afraid that'll leak on his black shirt. I mean, it's such a clumsy introduction of this character. And then later in the movie, he gets turned into Electro by, and I'm not joking, he falls into a vat of electric eels. Okay. This happens. He falls in, and a bunch of electric eels bite him. And then he is uh, Electro. He's a man made out of electricity from then on. Yeah, it's very like early 90s superhero movie where it's clear that like they're, everyone's a little embarrassed that they're doing a superhero movie and yeah. kind of wants to make fun of it at the same time that Kinda. they're doing it. There's a little bit of that. And then they're trying to recycle the Green Goblin storyline with uh, uh, Dane DeHaan playing the younger, the Harry Osborn yeah. character. Um, we, we get a, we get one really good scene with Chris Cooper playing Norman Osborn oh, as he's Chris dying. Cooper. What, um, a, what a guy. He's good. He's yeah. really good. Um, and then, yeah. So like all of this Spider-Man stuff is just so inconsequential. Anytime he was fighting a villain or doing shit like that, I just tuned right the fuck out. I do not know if Electro lives through this movie or not. I just missed it completely. Wow. Like he's such a negligible character in the end. So, again, the strongest element here is the relationship between uh, Peter and Gwen. Like, again, this is really, really well done. There's, like, great chemistry between these two. the same director as the first one? Same director, yeah. yeah, once again. But the tone is just so wildly all over the place with this movie. And it's, like, two and a half hours long. Oof. And it's just, like... That is the worst innovation. of. Okay, yeah. I want to I sidetrack here, too. Why do they make movies so long? Like, I don't understand this just as a... Because you say, okay... Movie studios are trying to follow, like, financial incentives. Right. And part of the incentive is, like, okay, if the movie is shorter, it costs less to make. Yeah. Because shooting more footage costs, you know, a thou you know thousands of dollars for every minute of footage. Yeah. And um, you can fit in more showings at a theater. Yeah. And, and have you ever heard of someone being excited about a movie because it was very long? I like, mean, I, I think some nerds get very excited about that because I get excited about movies when they're ninety minutes. Oh, I'm, I'm like, I mean, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is this is sub one hundred. I'm in. Yeah. This is the best movie of the year. Yeah. But like, I, I think uh, a long runtime imports some uh, uh, weight to it. I guess okay. makes it feel like a spectacle. Makes it feel epic. Um, I think if you, you know, you there's a way to like. 
look, I, run time is very subjective. Yeah. Like, you know, you give me give me three hours of Magnolia. I'll watch that yeah, over and course. over. You know, give me two and a half hours of Spider-Man 2. I'm getting really fucking well, bored. Yeah, there's definitely some movies where the runtime is kind of the point. Yeah. And like, I get yeah, that. Absolutely. But, you want to go on a journey, but uh, I don't necessarily want to go on this journey. Yeah. And I don't think anybody involved really felt like very excited about sure. making this journey. But now you can go on the journey by playing the video game. Which is, Amazing once again, not related to the movie whatsoever. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with it. Uh, we're going back to Uncle Ben territory. Uh, we get to see boo. Uncle Ben die again well, at the beginning sort of. of this game. You just get to see yourself fondle his corpse. I mean... And- <laughs> Yes, famous corpse fondler Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you get to see a, a knockoff Martin Sheen dying on the street. Like, again, we don't need to see this. We don't need to reenact this. And it seems to be kind of just ignoring everything that happened in the last game, and it's rebooting. It's going to be again about Peter trying to hunt for the killer, uh, the the criminal who killed Uncle Ben. But it is like a much better start than the uh, the last game. Oh because yeah, the last game we I forgot to say like has a fairly long intro cutscene of you in first person mode. Yeah, following Gwen Stacy around, who for some reason has white hair in that. Um, yeah, very poorly color corrected. Yeah, she is a very very blonde girl, but like not that. Blonde. And it, it's probably an eight eight minute cutscene. It was it was quite long. Um before you actually get to do anything and they throw you into sort of this navigate the uh medical Oscorp. Sure. Here like the first level is you walking around as Peter Parker and sort of being on the ground level and then Uncle Ben getting smacked. Yeah. Um but then it immediately jumps forward to be like, oh now you need to find his killers a few years later. And so you're Right from the start, you're out in the city, you're navigating around, and it's fairly open-ended. I mean, it's not... You still have to go to these set locations, but, like, you get a chance to navigate and see the strongest part of the game first. Right. Yeah, so it's not really tied into either of the movies outside of the fact that Uncle Ben died, sure. you know? And, and so you're just branching off from that. Ultimately, it's like gonna your quest is going to take you across the paths of a lot of different uh, Spider-Man supervillains. I think Carnage is kind of the main villain of this okay. one eventually. Again, a character not mentioned at all in the movie. Um, but let there be Carnage, am yeah. I right? Let, just, let, let there be. Yeah, they are very generous. I, Spider-Man has always had that thing. Of they're just very generous with peppering in those Spider-Man villains. I mean, he has the uh, best villains of, of, of the, the Marvel, Marvel universe. Yeah, I, yeah no definitely. Question. No question. Not even close. Uh, so, yeah... Uh, Gameplay-wise, not much has changed, but everything does feel like it's just been kind of given an extra layer of polish. Like, which, which is exactly what you want. Which is what you want. Because like, yeah, the, the the game still struggles with the same bugs and the same choppy frame rate and kind of bad pop-up and things like that. And I but imagine that these things are worse in the Wii U version, but maybe. just because I imagine, I imagine everything is worse in the Wii U version, like for no matter what game we play. But the but. reviews I've read of the other versions kind of indicated that these problems are persistent yeah. throughout all versions. So, I mean, they're there, but... You know, uh, I did feel like the fighting system was, like, much tighter. Um, maybe it's because the camera was pulled back a little yeah. bit more. You could see the action a little bit better. Uh, you got to incorporate some of your web powers into the fighting a little bit more. And, and it's got that same, you know, satisfying thing of just kind of hammer on buttons and time your dodges and, like, Spider-Man will do cool stuff. Yeah. Um, it, as you take damage, you can, you can like, wrap your wounds up with webs to heal later. Yeah. Uh, it, I, this game, again, is very similar to the first game and very similar to the Insomniac game, yeah. but is a pretty tough sell if you have access to a PS4 and that Insomniac game. Yeah. Because it's very hard to go back in time and be like, if I had this game when it came out for PS3, I feel like I would be pretty into it. Like, I'd be like, this is pretty awesome. And like, because I never played the PS2 generation of Spider-Man games. And this this would be like a step, this would evolutionarily, this is the next step along over that um, uh, Spider-Man 2 game, which was really Yeah, and the last one that I would have played would have been the Nintendo 64 one. Yeah, exactly. This is so big and open-ended and like great looking. Um, But once you realize what the smoothness of the PS4 version can be, it's just tough to go back to this. It's tough to go back. And even like you, you know, your first mission is you see a bunch of thugs wandering around a construction site, yeah. which is, again, is so much like the Insomniac. So one. much. It looks the same. Yeah. It's crazy. And then you have to like web their uh, weapons crates so they don't have access to it. And, you know, Peter makes some quick quips and yeah. you can use the spider sense to point out the icons. It, yeah, I, it, this game, like, I guess what I would say is like this game deserves a lot of credit. Mm hmm 
for establishing a template that then Insomniac was able to steal and get all the credit for. Well, like, that's the thing. Like every everything here, it's like you can see the potential in all of this, and then you see the potential realized a couple years later by another yeah. studio, which is a bummer for them. But like, you know, they they did some of the early grunt work. This game adds a weird morality system, which we probably don't need because the weird thing about it is like if you complete heroic acts by doing like side missions, like stopping a robbery or stopping a car theft or something like that, you get hero points, which will improve your reputation. But if you miss those, not even just fail them, if you miss them or decide to focus on the story, then you're going to lose hero points because those crimes are going to happen whether you're there or not. They, they quote in the game, you get blamed for your inaction. Right. Which is, which and is you just, become a menace. Which yeah. is not fair. I, yeah. I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's sure. great. He's, you know, been, he's, he's right up there with my favorite heroes. He's very friendly. He, yeah, he's a friendly, he lives in my neighborhood. Yeah, um, yeah. But I hate the recurring theme of like Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson in the city being like, is Spider-Man a menace? Is he good for the society? Like, you have. I'm so sick of that as yeah. like something that just needs to be dro- that just needs to be dropped from the canon. At I lo- this point. I like that it's evolved to like in the newer movies, Jameson is popping up as kind of like a blowhard Fox News host. Like sure. it's it's supposed to be intentional like misinformation, fake news kind of bullshit. You okay. Know? Or he's he's close. I guess he's closer to like an Alex Jones type. Sure. No, that um, that definitely fits a lot better. That fits much better. It's a smarter way to go about it, and it's always fun to watch uh, J.K. Simmons yell at things. He's not here, sadly. Um, but yeah. So if you if you I thought me- you meant on the like in in your apartment. No, I'm, no. I mean, he, we are sad that J.K. Simmons is not here. No, he's coming like, back. Um, okay, but I don't. know. We might be. Done yeah, he recording. left right before I got here. I don't know. Yes. Him and I have just like we've never been able to work out. Well, our he issues. he mentioned he said you weren't quite on his tempo. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna hopefully work on yeah. that. But you know, I really we'll, liked that movie except for uh, the yelling and the drumming. Oh, those sure. Were, those were the parts <laughs> I didn't care for. <laughs> so you love the scenes where he goes to movies with Paul Reiser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great, great movie. Yeah. Ten out of ten would watch again. Yeah. <laughs> All the parts where he's drumming and J.K. Simmons is yelling at him, those just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> you just watch a very short five-minute cut yeah, of that movie. Exactly. Um, yeah, so if your menace level becomes high enough, then you'll start being hunted by, like, elite police who will, like, okay. shoot you out of the air. So, like, actively detracting you from playing the game. I feel like those side quests should just be there, like, as flavor if you want them. They shouldn't be mandatory. Well, yeah, because they're boring. And, they I mean, even, you know, the policy of the Insomniac game put in there, like, a lot of the side quests of just, like, someone's getting mugged, go rescue them. At some point, you're just like, eh, they can have yeah. the purse. Like, I don't give a shit. Totally. <laughs> like, because totally. you're just sick of beating up thugs. Yeah, and yeah. Here, like, I, I do it enough to get the uh, achievement, and then I move on. Yeah, like, to be punished for not doing those sort of bland side quests here definitely seems like a misstep. Yeah. But overall, I think this is a better game than the first one. I think it's a stronger, uh, a stronger overall presentation. Yeah. A stronger, like uh, it polished up some of the mechanics. There might be like less emphasis on the story in this one. At least it's not all front loaded the right. way the other one is. But like that, that's fine. Yeah. It's- and I get, you know, this is an abrupt change, but there is one thing I forgot to mention about Amazing Spider-Man Two: The Movie, and that's that Gwen Stacy dies. In that, like, it, it, they recreate one of the most famous issues of Spider-Man, which is, you know, he he shoots the web as she's falling off of something, but he gets it to her too late, and she hits her head, and she dies, like, breaks okay. her spine or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, doesn't she break, like, isn't the gimmick that it's unclear if the jerk is what killed her or if she was already dead? Exactly. That's, that's kind of the, th- and the way they play it in the movie is similar. But, yeah. like, that's a super heavy moment, especially when, like, these two are so good as an on-screen pair and yeah. everything like that. Like losing her in what is mostly a wackety schmackety kind of like goofball comic book movie felt like a really like this was not the movie for that. Yeah. Like wait for the next movie. This was not the one to try and trot that out. I mean, did the, I, at this point did because Sony doesn't make Spider-Man movies anymore. They've got a complicated procedure yeah. with uh, with Marvel where they like share credit and share billing, but like. Okay. Marvel gets to be, or Spidey gets to be in the MCU. Like, what do you think that at this point there was a sense that, like, okay, these Andrew Garfield ones are not going anywhere? I, I this after is, this is going to be the last one, so uh, we are legally yeah. obligated to show Gwen Stacy dying because that is her role. As I'm wondering, I don't, I don't know if there was ever intended to be a third one of these, but like, I think the the general response was just pretty tepid for the first one, and then actively angry on the second one. Okay. So. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't doubt it if they were just trying to get out of the way. But I, I just had to mention that other little detail because that that was it was it's very jarring. It's yeah. really jarring. It's kind of a violent scene, and it's it's a lot. 
Um, all right, Le- that's that's it for Spider Man. Let's move on to our rankings, shall right. we? Uh, every week we are ranking the games that we have just played on our ongoing master list of the best Wii U games ever made. Uh, <laughs> all, all six of them. Five. Yeah. I was going to say five. Oh. Either way, they're both bad. Um, all right, so I am going to put these two games on my list at numbers 23 and 24. Amazing wow. Spider-Man 2 above that and Amazing Spider-Man below. These are putting them both below uh, Transformers Rise of the Dark Spark, which had a similar vibe to me. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, the vibe we got from Rise of the Dark Spark is like, okay, if this had fewer glitches, if it's had a better presentation, it ran a little better clip, I would like everything that's going on here. Yeah. And that's similar to these games as well. Uh, and we did eventually get that version that works of these. So, um, yeah, no, yes. not no, not true. bad at all. Like, not embarrassing games. I think just uh, uh, the presentation really kind of hurt it. Yeah, no, I I agree with you with what you said, but my rating is quite a bit different than yours. I'm oh. going to use number 16 and 17. Wow. Uh, which is under the Deus Ex game. Like, I feel like that game is bigger and more fully featured. Yeah. But, like, both of these games were pretty fun, and it's difficult to put myself back in that mental position of like, what if I was in 2014 and yeah. like, these were my Spider-Man games, I would probably be all about them. Yeah. And it's just more of, like I said, much like the movies, they're just kind of a pointless thing to go back to. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't really need to, but they're, um, they're, they're, they're fun in their own right. If you have somehow totally exhausted the gameplay of, uh, no, even if you've exhausted the gameplay of the Insomniac one, just play it again. Play it again. Because play it again. it's just like Get at Miles the core Morales. level. Yeah, yeah, it's just a more fun game. It is. It just is. All right, we have two letters today. Uh, by the way, send all your letters to ultra64podcast at gmail.com or mm-hmm. through our website, ultra64podcast.com. We love getting letters. Please send them along. Uh, this first one says, this is Bubbles from Clue Clue Land. Telling you that I am deeply offended at your writing off of my beloved star appearance. Oh no! I was almost in melee, people. That's the whole letter. Yeah, he had. I'm to sorry, fight. Bubbles. I'm he got sorry. booted out by the ice climbers. That's yeah. Or by wow. Roy. Oof. That was oof. always the, that was the crazy thing about melee was that they put Marth in that game and people were like, "Who the hell is Marth?" And right. then they're like, "Oh yeah, we also put Roy in." Oh well, that <laughs> balance the the duo yeah. they're in. Oh, this other character from a series I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, at that time, literally no one had heard of yeah. Fire Emblem. Like, I don't even think the first game had been re-released on GBA here no. yet. Uh, so I'm sorry, Bubbles. We didn't mean to. Uh, we didn't mean to erase I, you. I'm sure that you are an assist trophy or something. Definitely assist so, trophy. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's Bubbles erasure. <laughs> it is. Next letter says, Hey, Woody and Steve. Hello. Hey, just listened to your NES Remix episode. You're right that Nintendo used NES Remix as a way to direct players to buy the full NES games, which wow. were all on the Wii U eShop. Okay. Aha, I cracked the code of you capitalism. So with your Ultra 64 ex- expertise, you're tasked with designing N64 Remix to help push sales of the Switch Online expansion pack. What challenges are you mm. making out of the eight Nintendo 64 games on the Nintendo Switch Online? So keep up the good work, and that is from Vince. Thanks, Vince. Thanks, Vince. Let me look up the games that are going to be on that while we're, because uh, I know, um, what is it? Winback is going to be on there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Doctor Mario. Um, I think you got Mario Kart. I, I guess I get. Okay, here's 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 a simple one. Um, you fly the R wing through uh, the Mario Kart levels. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. That'd yeah, be fun. I feel like that would um, work pretty well. I think you take the Yoshi story kind of like floaty uh, jump mechanics and uh, put it into Sin and Punishment. You oh, to, yeah. You have to jump over uh, bullets and stuff while you're uh, running. You're just like dodging, I think, in that one rather yeah. than, than trying to shoot anything. So hit, hit me with the list real quick. All right, it's we got Mario, 60, Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Ocarina of Time, Winback, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, Sin and Punishment. Okay. Those are the first wave. Okay, how about... Um you play it, the game is win back, but you play as Waluigi from Mario Tennis, <gasps> and you have to uh, Waluigi back. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to use your you have to bounce your tennis balls in uh, intricate ways, like around to hit guys around corners and stuff like that. I think you just stumbled onto the answer that we need to do for this, and that's uh, how can we put Waluigi into all of these games? Oh, I sure. Think that's the important Since thing. Since he I already think- got. Because I, I think shafted on Smash. Objectively, this is the correct answer. Yes, that's how we remix it. Just more Waluigi. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just called Super Waluigi Remix, and it's yes. over every every first party Nintendo game. You just play as Waluigi. Do it absolutely. 
yeah. By the way, they did announce prices on this expansion pack. Oh, you yeah. Stupid prices. It's going up to... The internet was pissed about, and justifiably so. Like 50 bucks a year Just now, to be clear. From 20. Yeah. I would say 97% of the things that the internet gets pissed about are not justified. Yeah, this one's a bit much, though. I agree. Yeah, to go to... Mo- what It's more than doubles, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it goes from 20 to uh, 20 a year to 50 a year. Yeah, cuz $20 feels like, you know, like chump change. You're like, sure. "Yeah, I'll pay $20 a year for anything." $50 I, you need to think about it a little. You bit need more. to think I mean, about I, it. Oh, again, over the course of a year, maybe it's not so much, but I mean, it, it will is, also really depend like if they own how many more games they're going to add to it. Yeah, and how yeah, that's the problem because the the Wii U or like the the Nintendo eShops have always kind of started strong mm-hmm. and then stopped getting updates like that's kind of happening with the current like switch online stuff like that we're just we're getting a slow trickle of games no one has ever heard of you know and and it's not anything that we actually want to play and like the n64 has a lot of those games by the way and like the standards now have just been warped in terms of like what game pass has done yeah like you're like okay this is you know, it costs more, but it it can be a monthly fee of like ten dollars a month, and you're getting all of these like huge AAA titles on day one. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like the that like Psychonauts two is just on Game Pass. Yeah, and, like that's a game you would happily spend you know sixty dollars on. I would. Yeah, a hundred percent of debt. And they're great. just like, okay, it's ten dollars. You if you're paying ten dollars, you just get it. Yeah. And so to be like, okay, you're gonna pay fifty dollars, and you get to play Star Fox sixty four. And like, yeah. just to be clear, I like Starbucks Love 64. It. It's Love a great it. game. But you could also well, pick up uh, that on the 3DS for 20 bucks or yeah. something. Like that. And then keep in mind, you also need to buy the extra controller if you want to play the, the N64 games with the actual N64 controller on sure. Switch. So Though that, that's, a, I mean, it's optional. I would say like, that using like a pro controller is an upgrade over the probably, N64 controller. Probably. If it's, if it, if it, Sports that like I don't think it's manual or um, uh, mandatory uh, to get that control. No, but. and I think Nintendo. I just think that it's dumb because like really with all of these services, and this is what Microsoft gets is you undercharge for them because you develop a player base. Yeah, and you get people used to the service. Oh, I guess it's also worth factoring that you get Sega Genesis games. But again, that's crazy. Who cares? Sega Genesis games are the most available yeah. of anything. There's like so many compilation packs. They're on your phone. Like they're, they're very, very available. Yeah, it's like you charge, you undercharge so that a lot of people subscribe to it and just get used to it. Yeah. And so to give that high price point, it just gives so many opportunities for people to say, eh, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I wasn't know. thrilled about that. No, but. N- N- Nintendo... Do better. Do better. There's a reason that people pirate your games. Like, <laughs> not us. Not us. No, but people not we us. know. People but we know. Un- unethical people. Like I mean, them. people we don't know. People we've heard of. Yeah. Like, I don't know. J- Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx did it. Yeah. Get him. Get him. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in for our discussion of Spider's Men. I was corrected on, on Twitter. It is plural of Spider-Man is Spider's Men. Oh. Yeah. yeah it's like attorneys true. general. It's kind of like our passersby, things like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so tune in next week. We've got a spooky season treat for you. Ooh. We're going to be playing Resident Evil. Uh, which game? What is it called? I forget. <laughs> Resident Evil Revelations. I kept wanting okay. to call it Redemption, but Resident Evil Revelations. I don't know the deal with this series. Um, it's. I think it started on the DS. Oh, it's that. It's like the, okay, all yeah, right, all it's right. It's like a handheld game that got ported because it was good. Sure, sure. So, I'm excited. Well, I don't know. That's always a slippery slope. We'll find out that. if it's good. I think it's the only black label game on the entire N- or Wii U. Like, it's Whoa. the only, it stands out. It stands there's a, out. There's a it's dark a, it's label It's like on the there. maximum carnage of a Wii U game. It's true. It's exactly that. Uh, hopefully it's better than that. Tune <laughs> yeah. in next week to find out. All right, I'm swinging out of here. Thweep, thweep, quip, quip. Bye. Wait, I have one question before we end. Wait, let me whip back here. Oh, yeah. okay. I think I. So, Spider Man makes a thwip, mm-hmm. and Wolverine is a snicket, right? He's a snicked. Yeah. Snicked. snicked. Okay. Yeah. What if Wolverine and Spider Man met? I think it might sound a little something like this snicket, snicket, thwip, thwip, snicket. <laughs> High quality content. <laughs> <laughs>